Hello, and on this week's episode, a bunch of tools can walk through walls, Chloe takes a dive, and Clark has a Maasai complex, maybe? This episode is Kinetic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Smallville Chronicles. I'm Lou Gonzalez. With me, as always, is my co-host, Alan Muir. Is it me, or did one of the tools look like Chad Kroger from Back? Oh, definitely. Um, the one with, like, the bleachy hair? Him. Yeah. The other guy, the main guy, uh, we were just talking about before we were recording, Kevin Smith, he looked like a young version of the Joe's, uh, from The Flash, Joe's partner who dies in the, in the pilot. Oh, Chara? Yeah, um, I can't remember the detective's name. The one that gets killed by the first uh, Weather Wizard? Yeah, Chire. Yeah. He also did, like, this face thing that reminded me of uh, Amanda Sante in Judge Dredd. Like, he was just so big and over the top in this episode. Yeah, and I just want to let the listeners know this is a Whitney-centric episode. Yes, you know, what we were all asking for. <sighs> that side was my how I feel about the Whitney character. Nothing against oh nothing against Eric Johnson. He's a good actor, but they just they they gave him him and Pete not nothing. Yeah, like Pete gets a little bit more like once he learns Clark's secret. But Whitney's kind of this weird rival character that they just he's just there to be like the rival for Lana because if he's not there, there's no reason for Clark and Lana not to be together. Yeah, because otherwise you just have the normal love triangle as opposed to the love like pentagram that happens in the show which probably was one of the tattoos that these idiots wore this was definitely one of the most like early 2000s episodes ever um it was absolutely ridiculous this the characters the characters the music oh my god the music the um i think the first song was like by pod and i was like oh i forgot that they existed <laughs> and <laughs> i was like oh yeah this was a band of this time and now this is in my head again that they existed thanks smallville well, i guess we could get started with the with the episode basically we start off where clark is the cameraman and chloe is interviewing lex and clark i guess somehow forgot to hit record lex gets a call from his dad so he leaves the room chloe disappears on clark and goes exploring so clark leaves all of a sudden there are three dudes I think we first see them in their, like, red Camaro. Yeah. And basically they're getting all hyped up like a game day speech. And then the one guy in the backseat pops in a prosthetic arm. Like, they do a very, like, specific no, no, he, job. Wait, does he pop it Does he take it off, or? No, he puts it on. I could have sworn, because when... Maybe he, t- maybe he takes it off, because I know every time we see him, his that arm is tucked in his pocket. Also, when he's, when they're uh, rob when they do the robbery, the first robbery... He's saying, come on, man, I only only have one arm. Yeah, well, I guess even if he still had the prosthetic arm, he'd still only have one arm. But yeah, they they just make it very visible. Like, they zoom in on the fact that he has a fake arm. Whether or not he's taking it off or putting it on is kind of not necessary, or it doesn't matter. But they just, like, make that a big thing. And I was like, oh, are they setting up, like, the one-armed man kind of angle? Because I didn't remember this. All I remembered was the tattoos from this episode. They don't really do anything with it until, like, Clark, like, x-ray visions later on. And basically, they go in, they pop into the Luther house, the mansion, then they, we see them, two of them, they're staring at, like, the bookcase, and the reveals, oh, he has inside information because he's hooking up with a maid or something. Yeah. No, a housekeeper. Housekeeper. There's a difference. And then, 
Yeah, they stare at the wall, and our camera goes through the wall to the other side where we see two of them, and then we see the third guy pass through. Yeah, we get a, and, we get a nice first-person view of all, everything that's in between the walls. Basically, in between, from the vault, or from the... Like, the office? The office, through all the way to the vault. Yeah, that, that aspect was cool. The effect of them actually t- going through things was the worst green screen, where it was like, oh... They obviously, like, had, like, a green, um, like, wall that they had to slit through, and they would just, like, walk through it, and then they would just, like, you know, um, st- like, superimpose that, like, action onto the scene. They usually just look so bad. Yeah, I have two, there, I have, there, I have two, um, oh, how do I put this, examples of, or two comparisons to movies that, one's a movie, one's obviously The Flash. Well, yeah, well, we see these powers in the X-Men movies with Shadowcat. Yeah, but that's only, we only see it really in, mainly in Days of Future Past. No, she uses them in, um... Oh, wait, no, yeah, in... The third X-Men 3. Against Juggernaut. When she's running Juggernaut, yeah. But we got... My first comparison is The Flash, obviously, because they're phasing through. And the second is, like, the... We've said before that the effects on this and the Flash are very similar. At least the running effect. Yeah, the super speeding, like, away and into shots, yeah. It's the same, like, cannon, like, air cannon thing. I think they literally use the exact same special effects. The, are them going in and coming out of the, of Solid solid Matter looks way too much like the Doctor Who TV movie from 1996. Well, it's closer. It's probably closer in time than this show is. This episode is to the Flash now. Yeah, they had ninety six. That'd only be like what, like six years, five years, five and a half, six. Yeah, and the Flash would be like seventeen years, or probably like fifteen years. Uh, so yeah, from like season one of Flash to this episode. So like, it makes sense that that would be closer. It just like it looks so like it's almost cheesy. too. Yeah, it looks too effortless in a weird way. It's, you know it's I mean? sort it, of like they don't. They don't care. Yeah. And again, this is like another weird, this is like kind of a, it's like a half filler episode because there's a lot of, it's one of the things in this first season where there's, because there's so many like throwaway bad guy of the weeks, but there's so much like over, uh, overarching themes and things going on around it. Like the whole stuff with, um, like one of the side plots with Lana and the monarch, Lex with his dad, um, Whitney's whole family situation. Like, all those things are kind of, like, this episode is important to, but the actual main plot is the most throwaway, boring kind of thing. Yeah, and this is an episode where Clark doesn't really get to use his powers that much. Yeah, he just uses x-ray vision, and that's kind of it. Well, he he uses super speed, his, his speed at the end. Oh, yes, yeah, he had to save Whitney. Um, I guess we can get back, so basically... They start stealing stuff. Clark and Chloe show back up. The guys pop in. Um, two on one against Clark, and he's getting that you know the kryptonite hands, the uh, arthritis, yeah, veins. Uh, Chloe's attacked by the one armed man. Which actually, now thinking, I think you're right that he took the arm off because when she's fighting him, you just see like, it, you see a sleeve. That's all. Arms. Yeah, it's like yeah, empty sleeve. And she kick, either kicks him or punches him, and he. Throws her, doesn't he throw her out of against the window? But she and she goes through. Yeah, he kind of like shoved like one arm, like kind of chest throat shoves her, and she just like 
kind of like um takes like five steps back and just goes like right through the window and then she catches herself the two guys um i think they punch clark in the gut yeah and and then they all leave and chloe is screaming for clark to come and save her he doesn't make it in time so no I, and I, th- I was actually like, oh, I was surprised by it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of awesome that he doesn't. And she gets, like, real messed up. They do a similar type of, like, getting this whole thing of, of her fall- falling in, I think, season six or seven in the Daily, Pla- Daily Planet. Where she falls down the in, like, the space in between in the, in the stairwell. Oh, like, in the middle? Yeah. And, oh, okay. And Clark just catches her perfectly. Well, that's one thing the show is good at, is doing, like, callbacks to earlier stuff. Um, the big part that we skimmed over was the fact that while they were robbing, the one-armed guy finds a floppy disk. Now, not the big floppy. Uh, it's from, a, like, a micro-disk. No, it was, like, I don't remember what they were called. It was still, like, a floppy, but it's the smaller one. Were they called micro-disks? Because there was so much weird technology that, like, was around for, like, a year or two at that point. Because there was, like, other little injectable kind of floppy things at certain times but this was like the the small hard plastic one not like the actual floppy thing uh, i remember using them in like elementary school to like i don't know do typing class with or some garbage but it did feel a little weird that there would even be a floppy disk why wouldn't it be a cd because it's not it's not that it's long ago 2002 yeah yeah it's 2002 like why is there a floppy disk it makes no sense but when we get to c so uh, Chloe ends up in the hospital, she's unconscious, she has a broken arm and a concussion. And her face is kind of messed up. Yeah, her whole left side of her face is jacked up. Uh, Lex tells Clark that this isn't the first time these guys have done it. They've robbed a bunch of people over the last six months. Um, they tried to rob Smallville Savings alone, but didn't get anything, and no one could figure out what's going on. Um, Clark is really upset about the whole Chloe situation. Um, and Lex kind of tells Clark that, you know, he's gonna do stuff with this and he's also not filed for anything missing also one of the key things that will be a part of this episode we forgot to mention as they're nearing the end of the of stealing everything one of them is screaming or not or not screaming he's yelling we have to get we have to get out it's time's almost up yes yeah they're very good with like saying time and like one minute left we gotta go and this whole thing caught one or kevin smith or Kevin, however it's pronounced, mentions that they need young, fresh blood. Yes. I got really confused there for a second when you said Kevin Smith, but yeah. I was like, oh, what did he have to do with this? Um, but next thing we see is Clark is punching some wood. Um, yes, he, his parents, as he put it, he's trying to make himself useful. Yeah. Um, his parents come in, he gets speeches from them, and they basically tell him it's not his fault and he can't save everyone, and Martha encourages him to go and try to figure out what happened. Clark goes to the bank with Pete and uses his x-ray vision to see that there is an arm in the safe door, which part of me was thinking the way that the arm was in there, like how would the safe door still be able to work? Cause it looked like it was caught in the gears. Yeah. And also is, is it the scene where, where Pete says, Oh, here we go again. The Clark, the that, Clark kind of thousand miles there. Yes. And I actually really liked that somebody brought it up. It's like, yeah, like he's literally just standing there staring at something really hard. And it would be very off-putting. Yeah, he kind of looked like a, there was a Terminator-esque. Oh, yeah, like the scanning. Yeah. Um, and then right after this is where we get 
our first uh, shot of Whitney. Lana walks out of the flower shop. She seems Whitney. Whitney's being all weird and emo. As he's been uh, for the past few episodes that he's yep. been in. Basically says he has to go back to the store. Uh, Nell is cleaning up the, the movie theater, and Lana starts talking to her, and Nell reveals that Lex is the one who is buying the... He's just buying the town. I don't think he's buying the flower shop. I don't remember. I know she was selling both, but I don't remember if she actually it, like ends up selling both to Lex. Because I know she moves at some point, because they kind of write her off. They write her off. She ends up living with Chloe. Okay, so I guess that happened. I guess she does sell the flower shop as well, but that really doesn't play into anything except that yeah. they write her off. Yeah. Um. So Lana tries to figure out if she can talk to Lex and get him to not tear it down, since it's the place where her parents met that we learned an episode or two ago. Uh, we cut to the gang's loft, which is total 2001 um, Angelina Jolie hackers esque with like flashing lights and like 15 TV screens stacked on top of each other. One of them is playing, like, some weird CGI, like, video game cut video. Like, it reminded me of Tenchu. <laughs> like, it was, like, really bad, like, early PS2, PS1 graphics. Like, but, like, it was definitely, like, something that was Japanese. But, like, he had, like, seven TVs stacked up. Like, I never understood that. Like, if they're all showing different things, like, why that's a cool thing. But it was definitely, like, a set piece that everybody used in this time period. Yeah, because you gotta hack the man. Yeah, except these guys are all dumb jocks. Except for when the one-armed guy seems to be able to work a computer. Yeah, because I think I think it was Clark who, because Clark basically is, takes over Chloe's role for this episode. Yep, she even makes a comment about like Clark Kent, investigative journalist. He he, as he says to I think Lex that he raided the uh, the torch and found. Oh, the yearbook. The yearbook uh, from ninety from nineteen ninety six of uh, Smith and Chad Kroger. So it it seems like it started out with them, and they needed a computer guy, a tech guy. Yep. Um, but basically, so the names of the guys are Scott's the main guy. That's Captain Smith, and he thinks that Lex hasn't called the cops because he doesn't care about the stuff because he's so rich. Derek is the one-armed guy. He's the one that finds the disc, and he looks at it, and he figures out that Lex has been spying on Lionel on Luther Corp, and has some sort of a back door. Yeah. So they and they but, surmise that he's stealing from them, but that's obviously not what's happening. They pretty much blackmail him for over it. Yep. Yeah, they decide to blackmail Lex, and this is where we get something that like took me by such a surprise when I heard this phrase be used in this show. Can you guess what it is? Uh. No, I want to say it's you're messing, you're messing with the wrong man. Oh no, it was like the something that that had to do with the disc. What was on it? The plans. Oh, the particle accelerator. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was like, wait, 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 wait. He's particle accelerator. I was like, oh man, I have to. Wait, that has to get mentioned in the next like after dark episode. Yeah, I was like, oh, another thing that uh, Smallville was there first with. Yeah, uh, but I mean, because Star Labs isn't. I don't think it's a thing in, in the show. It may be a thing in the season 11 comics. Yeah, well, Star Labs didn't really become a thing in the comic comics until, like, actually around this time, I think. They weren't really... Like, Cadmus was more... Which is why it, it plays more in the show. Like, Cadmus was more what, I guess, Star Labs is in Flash-ish. Like, they were more of the comic book super secret. It was like them... Checkmate. That, 
Yeah, check. Well, checkmate's like the government thing, which again also plays into this. Because I think uh, Star Labs and Argus are like later, like later things that they added, like in the two thousands ish era. Argus was uh, New Fifty Two. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, so they're definitely like so. Check Argus is kind of what what they turned Checkmate into, and the same thing. I think they kind of turned Cadmus into Star Labs because they don't really use Cadmus in anything anymore. They never talk about it. Yeah, the last thing I remember them using it was Young Justice. Yeah, what. Uh, Connell. Yeah, who we also get to see in this show. Yeah, not, and it's actually not not a hor- not uh, just a terrible portrayal. No, I think he's in like three episodes or two episodes. Well, he's he's an arc. He has like a arc with Tess in season ten. Yeah, where they recreate one of the creepiest, just hands hands down creepiest scenes from. Earlier in, I think one one of the the first two or three seasons, with bald Lex, like or not bald Lex, kids kid slash teenager Lex. Oh, I don't remember because we haven't gotten to it yet, right? Yeah, this is around the time when he uh, he starts losing his sanity. Oh uh, yeah, I do not like I, my memories of some of these episodes. Like I remember, like one element, like this episode, all I remembered was the tattoos. The wit- stuff with Lex was like he was found in the rain, like or in a, like a, a corner with a thing of thing of sheets, pretending it was or thinking it was his dead brother Julian. Oh uh, yeah, I remember. Okay, now I remember that because I remember the whole plot when he was like. With the whole brother thing. Yeah. And then there's like a fake brother and all this stuff. And then Lionel's blind, but he's not really blind. Yeah, this show t- does so much. Yeah, when 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 Glover becomes like a main, like when he becomes like a regular, this show takes like a huge turn. In a good in a good way. Yeah. All right, well, let's get back. So basically the, the, bag, the gang gives Lex a weird cell phone. Looks like a house phone. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, you picked up on that too. It definitely looks like a house phone, like a uh, cordless house phone. It also looks like a '90s, what, like a prototype '90s, like cell phone was supposed to look. Or for you wrestling fans, Paul, the phone that Paul Heyman used to hit people with when he was managing. Oh, the big brick. Yeah, yeah, it's smaller than that, but yeah, it's kind of similar. Um, and next, we go to uh, the Fordman's department store, which is Whitney's family store. And Whitney's got his uh, Best Buy blue shirt on, and Clark is picking up a microwave, and Whitney's like, oh, go pick it up at the back counter. And then for some reason, Whitney divulges his deepest inner feelings to Clark about him losing his scholarship. And then we see, uh, what did I say his name was? Uh, Scott and, what were you calling the other dude? Uh, Chad Kroger. Yeah, Scott and Chad Kroger. Chad Kroger wants some sneakers. And Scott reveals to Whitney that, yeah, he was like, had like 15 different schools lined up, and then he got sacked and blew out his knee. I'd have, and they, I'd have like four operations. So Whitney sees them as kind of, um, brethren. Compatri- brethren, and they invite him to a party. And then I think we, that this is where we actually go and go to the party where we get our one second scene cameo. Um, I don't know if you remember that Evangeline Lily, the wasp. Yeah, she's she's the girl that like has the lime slices that um, Kevin Smith like kind of kisses or whatever. 
I think he's, like, talking to Whitney about, like, oh, like, you're gonna have, like, you know, I thought my life was over, but, like, there's so much more to do, and, like, kind of... Yeah, like, like a sh- football isn't everything. Yeah. So, then they do the thing where they basically bully him into a back room and give him a tattoo, and we see them draw two lines, and obviously the tattoo ink is super green. And then they're in some sort of tunnel, and they basically throw Whitney in front of a truck, and he just, like... Ghosts. He ghosts really badly, CGI, like, green screen through it. So again, like any time there's green screen involved this early in the se- this early in the series, it's just not good. I hope it gets better because it's really bad right now. It's you know it's actually it says a lot when the Arrowverse Hawkman is, or when the Smallvilleverse Hawkman is better than the Arrowverse Hawkman. Oh, you! I don't. I, I like the character designs for the the Legends Hawk people. They're not as classic. Like the Smallville one is like the classic, like orange head, suspender, like cross suspenders. Like he's definitely the like Super Friends, like uh, Silver Age, Golden Age, like Justice Society version. Yeah. And then like the Hawk people in Legends are the reincarnate or well, they're, yeah, they're the same, basically the same thing. I think they look more like the Justice League cartoon version. Yeah. Yeah, like they have. They took a lot of um, inspiration from that design, but that's. That's like five or six seasons from now, isn't it? That is, it is. It's like six or seven. Eight. Is eight. Okay, because I know it's like well after they're out of high school. It's during the the Kandorians, Kandorian clone uh, story arc. Oh yes, where we get to see with, Jor-El. With Jor El. Yeah, Jor El Zod. And that's Zod one or Zod two. It's the clone of Zod. So it's yeah. So it's Zod two. Okay, but in we, in season. We get like, don't we get, like, three Zods in the show? We get the Lex Zod, we get the Clone Zod, and we get the merged of the two. Yeah, so, uh, like, The we merge get... of the Clone Zod with the actual Zod's mind, or con- consciousness, in the uh, yeah. Phantom Zone. Yeah, because it's the Phantom Zone, like, Zod, is the Lex Zod. And then the other one is, like, a clone from, like, an earlier time, so he didn't... He's not the bad guy that the other Zod became. But then... He turns bad. Yeah. All right. So then, seriously, I cannot wait to until we get to like seasons eight, nine, and ten. Oh my god, that's. <laughs> well, we're actually like doing a pretty good clip here, so we'll we'll walk. I think we could maybe get like two seasons a year, um, unless we somehow like speed this up. But we're it's gonna take a while. But yeah, this this show does so much kooky crap. Hey, three more seasons till we get to Bart Allen. Oh my god. Alright, so, back to this episode. Clark visits Chloe again, who's now awake. Pete is there, he hooked her up with the internet. Chloe googled some garbage and figured out that, uh, the, remember the tattoo thing? And googled some stuff to figure out that they're kind of moving super fast, and, like, they're molecules, and that's how they're able to walk through stuff. Um, Clark goes back to the store asking about the guy, and he sees that Whitney has a tattoo. Whitney's also wearing sunglasses inside, which is definitely not cool. <laughs> yes. It was just... It's, it was, it's a really douche, douchebag look. It's super cliche that he's wearing them because he's hungover. Again, this guy is supposed to be a senior in high school. And well, he's no, hung- it's not, not surprising because if he's a senior in high school. Yeah. And we're it's on... Expected. Yeah, and he's close to graduating, though. But, like, going to his, working at his family store inside with sunglasses is still a bit much. Yeah, was uh, it, but then this scene, or when he start when he was spelling his guts to Clark, like, Clark says, you, 
you'll le- you're going to leave this place and have probably get farther than anyone else. Uh, the first time, because that's that's when he reveals that he lost his scholarship and that he's not going anywhere. Yeah, and we, this- and we get a line from from we get him saying or sa- saying that he, Clark is going to take over Jonathan or from Jonathan. Yeah, and Clark and it- says that's Clark says I don't think that's the life I've, I have I want or planned plan on having. And it connects to the earlier time when he was talking to Jonathan and Martha, because he's like, I wish I could just leave this town and be as far away from these meteors as I could. Yeah. Uh, but this gets us to one of our B-plots again. So Lana is talking to Lex about renovating the old theater, and he basically tells her, like, do you want me to renovate this place just to make, like, for your nostalgia? And kind of leaves her. Um, this is when Whitney goes to hang out with his new buddies. Clark follows them. They go to meet Lex. Lex didn't bring the money. They start choking him out. Clark breaks in. It's hit in the head with a meat hook. The blunt side, at least. And they escape. And they tell Lexi, better bring it next time or else. So, um, as they're leaving, though, Clark yells out Whitney. And Whitney um, turns around. And Whitney's also hesitant the whole time. Um, so, after they leave, Clark and Lex have a talk about the whole situation. And he basically tells them that he was following Whitney. And we also cut to Whitney with the gang and them kind of yelling at him. And he's like, I didn't want to kill anybody. Yeah. And then Scott kind of vouches for him. Oh, yeah. He says like, oh, it's just like first game, like big game jitters or something like that. Yeah. And then he, after that, I think we get a scene with him with Whitney and Lana where he just he's terrified, at, like like legit terrified out of his mind. Yes. And we also get I think they kind of hint at and the stuff that Chloe said, like, um, their tat- the tattoos are burning up their metabolism. So yeah, when Whitney shows up, he scares the crap out of Lana, and then he's doing his best, like, uh, heroin, shakiness, sweating. Uh, yeah, because his do. hair is all, all sweaty. His hair is sweaty, his face is sweaty, like, he looks like he's got, like, giant, um, like, sullen eyes, and like that, like, his face, like, he looks disheveled. He looks disheveled? He looks like he's near, he's near death. Yeah, he looks like he's going through the worst DTs ever. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is when Clark and Clark and Pete meet with Chloe, and she does the googling. Is right after this, uh, and we learn about stuff. But Clark, uh, I guess Lana calls Clark. Clark and Whitney decide to go and infiltrate and try to find the disc um, that Clark had learned about from Lex earlier. Well, we get a line. Also, we get a line from Lex when when Clark and him are talking. Lex says they're blackmailing me, and he's, he says to Clark, "So, do you think?" Basically asks him if he has changed his mind about Lex and that he sees him the way that if he sees him the way Jonathan sees him. Yes, and, and he basically just explains that like, oh, it's just stuff like there's nothing illegal. It's just stuff I don't want public. Yeah, and we also f- find out that from Whitney that after they plan on doing doing another meetup with Lex and that they're gonna kill him, take the money, and kill Whitney. Yeah, because he's Lex. Weak. Well, Lex knows that it's Whitney, and he could they could he could leverage stuff in court. Yep. Um. So this is where we're getting kind of like to the conclusion of this episode. So Whitney and Clark get into the the loft. Nobody's there. Uh, Whitney starts looking around for the disc. Clark X-ray visions finds it. Finds it. The guy shows up. Clark crushes the disc. Um. They. I think they punch Clark again. Yeah, and he's just, the, he can't catch a break. Yeah, and then uh, Nickelback Dude and uh, Kevin Smith take him to a junk, take Whitney to a junkyard and leave Clark with the one-armed guy. 
while he's in, like, you know, guarding him, he gets, Lex shows up and stun guns the one-armed guy. Lex calls the police, but while that's going on, Clark rushes off. Uh, Kevin's, Kevin Smith, or his character Scott, is holding. He has a gun to Wendy's head. Yep, yeah, and he's holding him, and they're going to drop a car, and then, um, he's just going to face through it, and Whitney's not. Uh, Whitney notices that the tattoo fades, um, but the Nickelback dude hits the button. Clark super speeds, tackles Whitney, and the car drops on Kevin Smith, and, and the cops show up. Kevin Sm- Smith is dead. Like, yep. if that played out the way it should have played out, there'd be a lot more blood. Yes, there would be a big wet spot and pieces. Actually, it depends, like... I mean, the the reason they didn't do this is because it's a show for teenagers and they probably wouldn't want to stir up a controversy. Like, there would be blood, but, like, he wouldn't explode, like, in a Cronenbergian way. Like, he wouldn't, like... He just... Yeah, he wouldn't be, like, all over the walls, but he would definitely... There'd be blood... But they also don't really, like, we just kind of see the top of the car, so... Yeah, we don't see Scott or anything. Yeah, they just kind of show it to show that he did not face through it. So he's dead, and and the other two were arrested. Yeah, and Lex says, I'll keep your secret if you keep mine. And he makes a... He references, or he makes a... a, He sort of makes a a threat against them. Yeah, he says, like, uh, if you don't abide by this, you'll see that you're not the only ones that can reach through walls. Yeah, because obviously Lux knows people in, in prison. Yep. And then um, our last part of this episode is kind of like our setup, like furthering the plot of everything, which is that Lana convinces Lex to let Nell slash her run the Talon as kind of a historic teenage meetup spot. And Lana's all happy, and Chloe's out of the hospital. And she also reveals that like everything has been covered up. Um, Lex also, in like, when the cops had shown up, told Clark that he told them the truth, you know, saying that him, like, Whitney and Clark went there to save the day, but did not tell them about the walking through walls because they can only handle so much truth. Yeah, he says Clark and the football kid, or in the football jock, figured out, or invent, f- figured out everything. Yeah, and that's where we leave this episode with Clark, uh, I mean, with Lex leaves Lana in the talent. Yeah, and says that this could, this could be the beginning of a great partnership. Yep. Yeah. Which gets totally weird soonish. Oh my gosh. Actually, I think it's like three, I think it's like their last year of high school when it gets weird. Because it's after the the Native American caves. The Kawachi caves, yeah. Yeah, it's after that, because that's how he does the time travel. Isn't oh. it? Or, or is it when he after he finds the actual fortress? Uh, the fortress is at the end of season four, beginning of season five. I think all that, I think their relationship, like Lex Lana, happens after he finds the fortress. Because he travels back in time after he's at the fortress. Because the Kwachi case, the only thing it does is it, um, when it comes to the Lana thing, is when it takes over Clark, and like you get Kryptonian Clark for like an episode. Yeah, and he just. And he flies. He breaks into Lex's jet. Yeah, rips open the door and like speeds through it. It's an He doesn't speed scene. through it. He, um,. This is after Lex is having uh, health issues. I forgot which type, which one specifically, but there's a there's a breach. Things start flying out of the plane. He loses control of the uh, the gem or whatever it is, and it Clark grabs it and flies out. All right, so I guess we can go over. Um... 
overall, I would say this episode was okay. Um, it, it furthered along like the Lex Lionel story a slight bit. Um, can I, can I just say something? Uh, if that Scott Kroger and the one armed man, if they had leaked, if they had done what they said they were, what they threatened to do, which was upload the, uh, what, the contents of the disc, I think Lionel would have been proud, would have been proud rather than mad. Yeah, he would still, like, punish Lex, but he would have, like, been like, found, found it admirable. Because that's something that, Li- that Lionel would do. Yep. No, it definitely, like, you're right, because that's, like, how the relationship works. Alright, but overall, like, I found this episode to be okay. It was mostly filler. Like, it was as, it was just barely not a filler episode. Like, there's at least some kind of stuff that happens that works for the whole story. It's kind of like their way of writing. This is like the beginning of writing Whitney off the show. Yeah, because he, I'm not gonna, I won't say what, I'm not gonna spoil what happens, but he, he does end up leaving Smallville and it's sort, they sort of take a, something out of the page of, I don't know if, if they did it first or Angel did it first. Like, I've, I'm blank, blanking on the actors, both the actors' names. Like the guy who played Angel? Not David Borean, Boreanaz. Uh, the, the Irish guy? No, uh, I didn't really watch Angel, so I don't know. Well, the guy who played him passed away, and they, like, during, in between, like, he got fired from the show because he was doing drugs, and he died of an OD, of an OD, and they had, they killed the character off in the show, too. Oh, yeah, they've done that in a bunch of shows. That actually happened to the kid in this show, in Smallville, that plays Cyborg. He was in Rizzolian Isles, and yeah. he died, and they killed him off in the show, too. They were actually filming when he died. Uh, he actually committed suicide. But yeah, they were in the, they were like filming, and he didn't show up to set, so they had to write that in. Yeah. Um, the, the Deacon Frost sort of guy in, on Angel. Who's who isn't a vampire, but I I just call him Deacon Frost because he sort of acts like that character. He was on, he's also he was also on the Librarians as the uh, the, the muscle. He disguised disguised himself as the Irish guy, and something similar happened in Smallville or on Smallville. So I'll wait because this whole thing happens in season two. Okay. Um, All I'll say is it ha- it's someone who everyone thinks is dead. That's all. Uh, all right. Um. So let's go through. Like, what was your favorite? My MVP. Yeah, your MVP and LVP of this episode. Uh, my MVP was Michael Rosenbaum. Because he's Michael Rosenbaum and he's goddamn awesome in the show. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I, really it's really hard to say when it's ever him, Schneider, or Glover. It's just because they're all like they're so good at those three characters. My least viable player was Eric Johnson. Uh, is that Whitney? Oh, uh, Whitney. Okay. Um, I was gonna say it was uh, Kevin Smith. Like he was just he he was hamming he, it up. That's not even, like, that's not enough of a way to, like, he was acting the shit out of this, too. Like, he was on a 15. 
Well, this was way before his he started it on Stargate SG one, then Atlantis. Yeah, it was just the, the he the characters and the acting was like kind of it's what really dated this episode. Well, that and the floppy disk, but like they're the like ignoring like the styles of everything, like what they were doing was just so bad. Like I said, it was like very hackers. Um, just like the because I guess they if they graduated ninety six, like they're what like in their thirties. Hang, it's just everything about them was just so like their team was just so goofy. Uh, no, they actually it's like six years later for them. Okay, so they'd be like in their mid twenties, early early to mid twenties. Oh, they look terrible. Yeah, they look really old for people. Supposedly. Especially Nickelback guy. He looked like he was almost forty. <laughs> But we can't we can't really say anything considering the actor the people who are in school. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. The only honestly, Allison Mack and was, Sam Jones. Say, that's exactly. I was gonna say yeah. Chloe and Pete look like they could be freshmen. Lana sometimes, depending on how she dresses. But never Clark. No, Clark's too goddamn big. And also, he. I think I'm pretty sure this was Smallville was his first big show, but. I don't know if you've seen the him on, I think it was Kimmel, or it was some talk show, like late night talk show. Oh, during this time? No. No, no, this was years later when it was during Smallville. He, uh, his, his first role actually was on the TV, was on the, uh, the spiritual successor to Freaks and Geeks called Undeclared. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played our, the show with Jay Baruchel, Charlie Hunnam. Where he's actually using his British accent. He's, he's, he, he only had, I think, one line or two lines where he says, thanks, man, or I'll think about it, man. So. Yeah, I'm looking through his stuff because I know he was a model. Yeah. Um, yeah, I literally, like, yeah, I had the same people for my MVP and LVP. Um, did you have like a favorite uh, moment or line for this episode? Yeah, it was. It was actually the. It was actually Chloe's line at, at the end, when she was talking about because I I can sympathize. Oh, with like being in the hospital and stuff. Yeah, because when I had my my surgeries, I was in there. I think fifteen days combined. I, like I was there five days over three periods of time. Three like in June. July and August. Oh, you did like three five day stints. Yeah, yeah, that's about the. I did five days as well when I was in the hospital. I yeah, like I didn't like the food was horrible. It and but it was basically Chloe saying that the terrible food, no cable. I smell an expose. Yeah, that was a good line. My favorite was actually the Lex talking to Clark. And he says, Clark, you can't save the world. All you'll end up with is a messiah complex and a lot of enemies. Yeah. But again, Which, it's because it's, it's Rosenbaum. Yeah, it's Rosenbaum. And anytime where they do... Like Clark and Lex yeah. stuff. Um, I guess we can talk about next week's episode. So next week's episode is Zero, which we get into the background of the Club Zero incident that involved Lex. Getting stabbed. So, Yes, so we can take a listen to the trailer now. Alright, so yeah, it is good to get to an episode that actually isn't filler. Yeah, and it's got Parker Lewis. 
Yes, this is like an interesting episode. We get like a bunch of stuff in this episode. Um, I'm trying to look here because there is like somebody's picture who I recognized. Coronemic. Who is it? Uh, Coronemic. He, he's the, uh, he's the reason why Lex. He was he was at the center of the Club Zero incident. All right, and um, sorry, I like blanked out right there for a second. Um, but yeah, it's going to be glad to get through this. Uh, we only have, so the next episode will be episode 14, so we are... We're almost getting close to Stray, which is my favorite episode of this season. Yeah, so we are, we only have seven more episodes after this one, so we're, this will be the two-thirds point. I didn't think, this actually, time has been going faster ever since we started this podcast. Yep. Oh my god, I forgot. I I just another episode I just noticed that we have to bring up on the Phantom Zone that's coming up, which is Drone, which is a an episode about somebody that use a woman that uses um robotic bees or or uses bees to attack people. Yeah, 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 I remember that one. Alright. So um I guess we can do our plugs. Listen to the Phantom Zone. The uh the ep- the Ant-Man and the Wasp review, review with Connor, Arlen, John Seiler, and Lou. Yeah, kind of the two of us. Yeah, I I, I had technical difficulties. I had to drop out early. But, yep. but it's already up on YouTube. Should be up soon on iTunes. I think it came out just now. So you can check. definitely be able to check that out. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, do you have any more Video Game Hour stuff coming out? Uh, no, hopefully it will stay dead this time, or else I will have to shoot in in the head. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were doing more of those, like, counter-argument episodes anymore. Oh, you mean the difference of opinion? Yeah. It was more of a, it, that was a test to see how how it would work. Okay, I think it's an interesting idea, so if you want to do more, um, I would be happy to do it with any of the games that I've played. But I'm not sure. I haven't been playing much lately. Um, but basically, yeah, check out the Phantom Zone on uh, the Facebook group. Join. Subs- yep, join. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. And we can uh, cause chaos because Hunter isn't here right now. He's in. He's away in Florida. Well, he might be back by the time this comes out. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I know it's the time travel factor. Um, but you know we're closely. Approaching the end of the season, so yeah, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, comment. Um, yeah, and then we should be doing, Fanzone should be doing Luke Cage season, or the, uh, the third episode so of season two, and the Incredibles episode should be coming out soon, because I know the Fantastic Four one dropped, but I don't remember if the Incredible ones did. I don't think so. But you can follow me at Lou A. Gonzalez on Twitter and Instagram. I'm in the Phantom Zone Facebook group. You can follow me on Twitter at the Alamir. You can follow me on Instagram at Comics Boy. And to quote Hunter, or the new cover photo for the Phantom Zone, don't follow me anywhere, guys. All right. So we will catch you on the next episode. I'm Luke Gonzalez. I'm Alamir, and this podcast stands for truth, justice, and the American way.